Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The following episode was recorded before the WGA SAG-AFTRA strikes of 2023. Hey folks, we're going to deal with politics today and voting, which is something that is extremely, extremely close to my heart. My mother was an activist in Philadelphia where we grew up. There was a kind of understanding in our family that you had to vote and that you had to use that power, that the day that you went to get to the polls to cast your vote and to make your specific opinions known were very, very integral to what it meant to not only be an American, or in our case, a Philadelphian, but also to be a human being. I think that there's more and more young people these days who are of voting age, and we need more and more young people not only, I think, to vote, but also to hold office. It's great that this episode today is airing on November 7th. Now, this is an off-year election. It's got gubernatorial and state elections in a few states, but they are very, very important. There's a lot that you can do at the polls. This is why today is the perfect day to share my interview with Alana Glazer and her organization, Generator Collective. Fascinating discussion, and she's great and a lot of fun and very, very politically active. So lean in. I'm very excited that we have Alana Glazer with us, who, uh, as I'm sure all of you know, was the co-creator and star of Broad City, which was a giant, giant hit for so many years and an awesome show and hilarious and great. And 
Uh, she's also done a whole ton of other stuff. And um, we're so excited that you're here today on this on this show. It's so nice to meet you. You too, Kevin. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Yeah, like weirdly, uh, I'm always I'm always surprised when I actually meet somebody whose path I haven't actually crossed. As far as I know, we haven't met as, or, or worked together or been in the same thing together, even right? Yeah, I, not yet, but life is long. Life is long. <laughs> life is long. It's getting shorter for me, but it is definitely uh-huh. still. We still have some time. I hope. Um, yeah. I, I'm. I I'm so uh, fascinated about your. Uh, specific journey because I feel like it was kind of like a a, a harbinger of things to come and and mm. has a had a had a certain um uh you know you were kind of early to a lot of stuff it seemed like to me mm. um so tell me about this this um well first off you grew up in New York yeah I grew up on Long Island in oh, Long uh Island. okay eastern Long Island um in a real uh Jewish part of Long Island. I'm Jewish, but this was like more Italian soprano style Long Island. That was really the culture there. Uh And uh, I always was looking toward the city. I kind of always knew I was going to come here and, or or just always wanted to. Did you visit when you were a little girl? Did you come? Did your parents take you? Yeah. Yeah. My brother and I were really into um, musicals and plays and writing and acting and performing. And my parents my parents were too. They are a lover of the arts, so that was um, that was like our exciting thing. They weren't know, in the arts, up. though. They they were they were just fans. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. They both are creative spirits, but never pursued it um, in a professional capacity. My dad's an, an amazing uh, piano player, but yeah. yeah. So like their their creativity really stoked our agency over our creativity. Mm-hmm. And um, How, what's the age difference yeah, between you and your bro? He's uh he's four years older than me, and he's also okay. a comedian, and he played my brother in Broad City. Actually. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what do you feel about uh, working with family? I, I I bring this up because uh, my wife is an actress, my daughter is an actress, my son's a musician, and I I also play music, so I I work with him sometimes on music stuff, and I have worked with my daughter, and I've worked with my wife, and my wife's worked with my daughter, and my my wife hires my son to score things. So, what do you? What's your feeling about family and and making creating together? Um, you know, it's it makes it's it's easier in some ways and harder in other ways. Mm-hmm. The sort of like private culture of family makes the um, shortcut language really accessible. But then I think some for me so far, I think I'm like doing enough therapy. <laughs> <laughs> that returning to doing work with my brother, I would probably be a more functional partner than I have been in the past. But, um, you know, you carry that history with you and your sure. dynamics of being the firstborn or second born. It's not, it's so, so deep in your spine. Can I curse in this? Yeah, yeah, sure. Of it's so deep in your fucking spine that it's like, you know, I think there's, um, it's like an interesting marker that you bring it up now where I'm like, Oh, I think if we like returned, I would be a little bit, I would be able to have a little more fun. I think like on broad city, sometimes I was tense in certain was ways. On, was, was he on all five seasons? He was, I think we started introducing uh, our families in the second season. So okay. four seasons and he wrote on the fifth season, Kevin, you know what I'm thinking of right now? Your movie, the woodsman, which like, that, yeah. yeah, you and Kira, <laughs> you may and Kira. Yeah. 
speaking of working with family, that was so <laughs> intense to work with your partner on. Oh my God. That, I mean, it's so dark. <laughs> that movie's so dark, but it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Cause it was just so, um, I don't know how, I, I don't know how you did that, but working with family, that's like different than, uh, music and jamming. That was like a, that was, Oh deep. yeah. Oh yeah. It was it, I mean, it, also, also just, even if we weren't in it together, just to be parents and you know, it's a movie for people that right. don't know right. about a, 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 a child molester and, um, and, and Kira plays a woman that he has a relationship with. And what's interesting about it is that she was, uh, if I can just digress with a little story about me for a sec. She, she <laughs> was, she, <laughs> she was cast, uh, the, the director, uh, Nicole Cassell wanted Kira from the beginning and had never even thought about me for, for, wow. for the other part. Wow. And, and um, the, the script ended up weirdly in my lap. And so I said, you know, well, let's do this together. And Kira was really, really resistant because she felt really strongly that it was going to somehow take people out of the movie um, mm. if if they saw that that you know because they have a sort of like an idea about us as a as a couple that wasn't you know right. applic applicable to that relationship. And she actually pulled out of the movie about two weeks oh before God. we start shooting. And I was the producer on the movie, and I said, "Sorry, pal." But yeah. you can't leave now because we can't find anybody else in two weeks that's going to play this part. And and but obviously... I so get it because the stuff, the material and the way you were approaching it was so heavy. You know, it was so heavy and diving into it. Yeah, like I don't like just the way that movie stuck with me and most deaths per performance or Yasin Bey, his his uh, name is now, um, was so deep. I'm I'm not surprised. And of course, as parents, you're right. Um, that is. Ooh, that's heavy. Uh, so and working with family way, it makes me laugh because it's not just a oh a comedy and um you know my neuroses around doing a joke this way or doing a joke that way. That was so deep and looked like it must have been hard. Thank you. Well, wow. you know it was. Um, you know, but uh, it was worth it. And tell me, yeah. Um, the the, the genesis yeah. to me, the genesis of Broad City was is, is really fascinating. So maybe just explain to people how that kind of came together. Well, it's funny also that you say a harbinger of things to come. I mean, maybe our viewpoints were because of, I mean, I'm, you know, uh, maybe our viewpoints were, but it feels to me now so old to have a TV show that you would say it's on on Wednesdays at 1030. Like, you know, like it's just like the, the I feel like we were, I mean, we were in the last wave of TV kind of as TV used to be as an event to gather around. So it feels of an older world to me now and, and i guess like, i meant so, that, that it came out of youtube that you you know you can't that you kind of mm, there, there there's a real diy quality right to right. it which which i think a lot of people are kind of moving towards these days right. you know um shortened kind of contact you know the stuff that goes down to like you know tiktok and you know yeah, start things yeah. that way but the fact that you found somebody and and uh, correct me if i'm wrong made friends and, yeah, yeah. And started riffing, and then you know went on YouTube. I mean, it, it's like yeah. I think that the, I, I can't think of anything else really that uh, maybe there are, but that was really happening in that way at that time. And it seems like that's what I kind of meant by that. Yeah, it kind of feels like a just like a band that got together now, like you know, like this like sort of yeah. OG classic genesis of a of a of art that I 
haven't seen in a while. So, so, um, my brother had like entered, you know, from my point of view, my brother had, uh, gotten to college four years ahead of me in New York city and was scoping out the scene and told me about, you know, the scene that was emerging that at the time was like alt comedy, uh-huh. um, that, you know, remember like mumblecore and like, sure. you know, just awkwardness or whatever. So he was like scoping out the scene. And when I got to the city myself for college, we got into the improv sketch and stand-up scene, um, improv centered around the Upright Citizens Brigade founded mm-hmm. by Amy Poehler and amazing, um, amazing three other uh, guys. Group. Yeah, just the yeah. guys. Kira did their, one of their uh, uh, courses. In LA. Oh yeah, yeah. She oh, did the I forget what it's called. It's like a like an intensive, like a two week intensive uh-huh. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I never went to my like co- my college experience was I went to like this general studies program at NYU. I wasn't like acting. I couldn't get beyond that <laughs> that barrier. General but studies. What even is that? General studies. It is literally like for <laughs> kids who went to public school. Like everybody else had like a better education. I literally was like the classics. What do you mean the classics? You know, I did not. I mean, my schooling, I went to high school with 3000 kids. So oh. it was like, you know, a gateway for public school kids. And for me, college was this gateway to the comedy scene. And uh-huh. I was like sort of planning it since, cause I was like keeping my eye on it from middle school. I was just like such a, a element. You were focused school, on comedy. You, you were right from middle school. You, you were yeah. pretty clear that that's what, that was going to be what you were going to do. Actually, like even earlier, my brother and I made sketch videos, just that was like our childhood making sketch videos and then seeing like plays in the city. Did so your parents I, think you were funny when you when you and your brother would do stuff? Did they yes. did, were they were they a good audience? They thought we were hysterical. They could oh, not great. believe what so we were. We got some up positive with. reinforcement. <laughs> totally, totally. They, they were a very receptive audience. Um, so yeah, so we entered the scene and just were trying everything, you know. And um, for us, I mean, sketch was kind of landing. And then when I met Abby Jacobson in uh, the improv scene. She and I like got to this point where we just had a similar work ethic and um, a similar hunger and a similar point of view. And um, we both wanted to make something that stuck, something that could be shared with our parents. We always we always say like we wanted to show our parents what we were doing to say I did an improv show last night. And they're like, what? Like last night I actually did a stand up show and my parents are visiting and helping out with um, my kiddo while my husband's away. And my dad came to my stand-up show and I was just doing a set, just like running material. Cause I'm going on tour this week. Oh, great. And I was like, this is so weird. Like he doesn't see this and to see me working it out or he just doesn't see it that often, but I'm living my life and assume that they understand, but you know, that's what we wanted them to do. We were spending five or six nights a week in the comedy scene, wanted them to understand. So we started filming little bits and bobs and um the community at the time everybody was looking for uh experience directing editing you know producing so there were all hands on deck and we were all you know most of us were in our 20s and had this energy to just try and go for it and Mm -hmm. fail and try again Mm -hmm. and we found ourselves with um like almost 18 little webisodes in the beginning. And we 
this like part is like a little more more nuanced. How did you finance always... them? But how did you shoot them and finance them? And how did you what? How did you pull that together? It's 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 so, like I said, it's just so DIY that I I, I find that just like I'm so impressed by that. There was like, was when I was starting out, there was almost nothing that you could do that would be like right. That, you know right, um, babysitting and waitressing. Wow. And Abby worked at a bakery. And you know what I mean? Were, like, were you a good waitress? Um, I was a friendly waitress. <laughs> pretty good. Well, that's a good start. <laughs> that's a good. good start. Yeah, pretty good. I'm, I'm a natural server. I still feel like a waitress sometimes in TV and film. Um, I was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and uh, yeah, that's how we financed them. And, mm, um, you amazing. know, just hustling. And it was fun, you know, like paying rent and paying and then running out to shows and getting drink tickets or whatever. It was just, it was like to remember that time now. So um, it feels like the eighties, but it wasn't, you know, it feels like so long ago for the way the world is now mm. people doing like TikTok and like corporate sponsorships. I don't yeah. even know how shit works, you know? No, um, it is. That's what I'm saying. It's, it seems like, it seems so like invention of the wheel type type thing and, it, yeah. and it's not that long ago you know that's what's right. so interesting about it but but i do think that you were really kind of like uh uh ahead of the 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 curve in in that whole show and then to have it you know blow up in the way that it did and and obviously those two women and that friendship between them and the stuff that you were dealing with and your point of view you know, spoke to a lot of young women and a, young, a lot of young yeah. people, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for us, like this thing of like, we, we found ourselves with 18 webisodes and we were like, let's call that a season and let's make a season two. And we had a party at the end of season one at the night two Y and a party at the end of season two. And that agency to contain our work, name it and claim it, to me, actually saying this right now, it's something that I want to like take with my day. Like, you know, there was something in that agency and something in that selfhood, that personhood that, um, I don't know, fueled us forward, that pushed us forward. It wasn't just like something out here and something out there. We, we learned from season one to season two of our web series to make a release schedule. So people would anticipate it. And it uh. really mimicked the TV show where, you know, then we we always had that well. We ended up 35 short films in two years we made for the web series. And we always had, the, and, and then we made 50 episodes of television. And yeah, five seasons, 10 episodes each. We show ran, head wrote, starred, and, and produced and the shit out friends? of it. Yeah, mm. yeah, we did. It, it's now, it's like, it's so tender. <laughs> it's like it's it's painful actually you know to think about the pain of all that creation and the strain on our relationship it was impossible to be all the things all at once you know and at the time I think it was hard to admit you know in press it was like are you my friends are you my friends and it was like yes and and we were <laughs> we were partners and married right. and business sisters you know sure, like sure, sure. I mean yeah, running a but business like, is, a, is, a, is is different than running a friendship in a lot of ways, you know. I think definitely, it's, 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 it's definitely. A, it's, that's a that can be a, 
that can be confusing when you put that element in. But I also think that, uh, you know, the other thing is being two young women and having complete agency yeah. over yeah. Um, what you were doing is is just, you know, so impressive. And and, 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 and even now when, when we feel like we're trying to, you know, move forward, it, you know, you look at the, you look at the numbers and it's just unusual that you're, that, you know, that, that, uh, you know, a woman is going to actually write and produce and show run and, you know, do the whole thing. I mean, it, I think the the exceptions to the rule become so uh, um, kind of famous for having done that, but mm. but the numbers are still not very strong. So I th- so I, yeah. I applaud you. Yeah. I applaud you for both mm. of you for being able to do that and also being able to sustain you know any kind of friendship at all. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. And like the the gain in our friendship and this softness since Broad City ended, it's it's been you know, it was like 10 years of our life from when we started the web series until we ended the show. And Amazing, yeah. I ended the show, it was like it had been a third of my life. And uh, it's been such a, it's been so interesting, so much more um, of a feminine spirit, the softness, openness and nuance since Bread City ended. It was so, it was a natural, a, a necessary harshness to it to create so much and be in charge of so much. It was, um, it was really hard, but damn, it was a, it was a miraculous show. You know, the way like content, the way so much is becoming so divisive now and polarizing, like there's not, um, Broad City could only have been made when it was made, how it was made. And, uh, I'm so proud of it. And Abby is too. It's, we're so, it's, it's miraculous to look, to still be friends and to look back and be like, damn, I am so proud of that. So I'm like, um, it's nice to find yeah. things in your life that you're proud of. Sometimes I don't think I, yeah. I know for myself it's 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 it, I, that that's not something that uh you, you kind of like automatically uh, uh, lean into, you know, because yeah. I think there's sometimes we get these messages where you don't want to be too prideful, don't be too prideful, you know. But yeah, when you can have that perspective to look back and actually uh, feel proud of something that you should feel proud of. I think that's awesome. <laughs> Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Tell me about the, um, the you said you're just going out uh, uh, to, to, on a tour. Is is that um, a version of your uh, special? Your uh, uh, planet is burning. Um, it's like my next hour. I was. It was so funny. I was out in. I was out doing stand up. My next tour after um, the planet is burning came out was in 2020 in March. So I got a bunch of dates. Um, a bunch of dates up before it lockdown happened and okay. the tour was canceled and we stopped. So right. and then I. Stop doing stand-up for a couple of years during COVID. Mm-hmm. And so now, and then I had a baby. And so now my, um, congratulations, I got a new hour. Thanks. I got a new hour. Um, that I'm bringing around the country this year and early next year. And, um, yeah, it's my, how many dates, how many dates hour. are you doing right now? I have maybe like 14 or 16 dates up and I'll, I'm going to get, um, fall dates up soon, like another 16. Um, because I play in a, in a band and, and tour, I have to ask you, how do you feel about the road? It's a different kind of road than the, than the road of an actor. I, you know? Yeah. I, I actually like the road as a comedian more than as an actor. Hmm. I like control and I love like knowing, I love controlling my time. Um, so for me, stand up is, uh, I feel more in control of my time and I, I get so excited. That's a different thing too. Like as an actor, you like explore a location through a project, but, sure. but I really, and, and honestly, I have less experience uh, on the road as an actor, as a standup. So maybe I prefer it just cause I know it. Mm-hmm. But what I love about standup is that I get to see the people of the area. Like it's so charged. It's so, it's such a privilege for me to like go and, just get that like sort of whiff and that energy and that sense of a city is so cool. And, um, you know, I guess like type of people like, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it gives us a kind of perspective too. And if we're, if we're coastal elites, you know, I mean, to, 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 I I was just going to say like the kind of people I draw, like, you know, I have this and I mean, we're, it's so funny. Like my, we'll be talking about generator later, but like my, um, advocacy organization like is has been my sort of stage to um crystallize my own political views which are and we spoke we touched on this i have a real gen ed um general education like i went to high school with three 
thousand kids on Long Island. Like, you know, to me, school is about social education and learning because I went to public school. For me, I'm like, school's where I learned how the system works, you know, and that's how I know how the world works now because of, uh, you know, a few people in power that you're like, are you sure? You know, whatever, you got to speak up, whatever. Um, so for me and the people that I draw, I'm always blown away by how progressive, but not necessarily partisan, you know, I, I'm not like, go Democrats, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, mm -hmm. I love when people are um, loving, open hearted, and believe that their neighbors deserve basic human rights. Mm. And when I go out and meet people around the country, that's the sense I get that most mm -hmm. Americans want their fellow Americans to have clean water and access to healthcare and don't give a shit what they do in their bedroom, how they dress, you know what I mean? What their expression is of their own body. And it's, for me, it's so hopeful to go out on the road and see and, and connect with open-hearted, open-minded people who just want to laugh together. Um, it's fucking spiritual. And, and are you going to bring your baby? No. So this is another thing about my, like, like why I, I love uh, stand up tra traveling for stand up is like, I'm going to just go two nights max at a time okay. and I can control that. And I, sure. I don't want to bring my baby. It's like, I, I like splitting my attention. I, I find it really hard. It's much easier for me to work when I go away, go to the office. Um, I'm so, I feel so like, uh, my heart is like on the outside of my chest when I'm around her. So it's, it's better if I just go, uh, myself, do my thing and come back. I totally respect that. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I'm like, bye. Yeah. How old, how old is the baby? She's two. <laughs> now having her, did that, did that, I mean, I know that, uh, I didn't really think that, <laughs> let's see, how, how can I put this? I mean, when I was, when I was real young, um, I was a little bit interested in things of a political nature when I was like 12 and 13. But once mm -hmm. I really started my own career, um, I got, th I got very interested in things <laughs> in a Kevin Bacon nature. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. was like so focused on, on making it and, you know, being a star mm -hmm. and, and, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, like acquiring stuff and, and all those yeah. things. But That's after, cool to hear you say. oh no, it's totally true. After my son was born, I think, and also I got married and had a kid like within about a year. And oh wow! And Kira was already, you know, really focused when we met on uh, on climate, which in those days was called global warming. And also having the child, I think both of us. She was already there, but I sort of had to say, "Okay, I'm going to step out of my own self a little bit and start, you know, reading the fucking paper, you know, at least." Aside from the Hollywood Reporter, and yeah. and oh, that's um, funny. and and so that was a pretty profound thing. But it sounds to me like you were already pretty politically and and uh, uh, societally motivated before the birth of your child. You know, it's like I I used to like put like reasons on it outside of my just the person that I am. Oh, you know, I was uh, 
I was a minority growing up, white, a white minority. And there, and, you know, um, there were brown and black and Asian people in my town who were a minority and had a, um, a much more challenging minority experience. But because I was a minority growing up, I have this, you know, point of view or cause I'm a woman or cause Long Island is really conservative, but it is just who I am to have, um, that I've always, uh, been drawn to basic human rights, basically, just like fairness for people to be treated appropriately and respectfully. Um, but I did not, I did not know that it was like political really until Broad City. When the web series, when we were doing the web series and we were starting to get press as a web series, there was this one article um, by a writer named Megan Angelo who wrote for the Wall Street Journal. And she said, Broad City is sneak attack feminism. And I've used that phrase <laughs> 1,000 times ever since. But it's it was the feminist part that was arresting to Abby and I. We, we genuinely didn't know <laughs> it was feminist. Genuinely. Mm, it was amazing. just, we were just being. We were fish swimming in, in the water. Yeah. And the, big, the, the more visible that the um, project got, and the more reflection, I mean, it's, it's, I, it is such a privilege to me to be reflected in this way. People are like, her character's bi. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I thought I was just queer and into different kinds of people and just into sex. Sex positivity. You know, these phrases that right, are sure, like sure. these labels. It's like mm -hmm. so, it's like so funny, you know, to be um, reflected in this way as part of a, category or a thought leader what you know like i'm mm -hmm. just like doing my thing um and comedy in the old days my god like really the old days when there were no smartphones to capture anything and people were being super fucking naughty on mm -hmm. stage mm -hmm. a lot of it was shitty a lot of it was misogyny that's not that's not a joke that's racist that's not mm -hmm. a joke that's just sexist but also like funny shit that was trans that was that was women doing naughty shit. That was mm -hmm, mm -hmm. men making fun of misogyny, you know, like, so like, it was just this different time where um, there was less, uh, literally less looking at ourselves all day, looking at our own pictures all day. It is, mm -hmm. that is not natural for the brain, you know? Um, so I feel like my coming to this consciousness is um, analog at this point, but yeah, I've been told it's political. I've come to the understanding of how it's political, come to harness that um, political charged, uh, that political charge for activation. But in my personal life and even, even actually in my um, advocacy work, I'm now like coming back to a place where I'm like, it's not fucking political. It's not political to not hate. You know, we've, mm, we've actually used that. hate as a political tool. Like, I don't buy it. If you want to talk about the way that we um, uh, approach inflation, okay, that's politics. I don't want to do that paperwork. I, I'm actually that's with that's above my pay grade. But hate, you know, you're uncomfortable with your own um, with your own gender inside of you, so you want to take that out as violence on children who are expressing their gender freely. No, that's not politics. That's violence. That's mm. cruel. That mm. you know, and climate—the climate crisis. You want to deny the climate crisis? 
this isn't even reality, you know? Like I'm very, like, to me, it's like kind of about uh, who on this planet is still operating within reality. That honestly is the majority to me. That's the majority because such a small minority are actually benefiting from this twisted lie version of the world that I really, I, I, do, have, I, I do have this like natural hope that most people, the majority of people are living in reality and want to. Well, you mentioned that that's what you're kind of seeing out on the road. And so that's, that, that I think is a, is a, is one of the great benefits of being on the road. And, and, um, you know, you, you can really get, get wound up in this idea that, that, that they're, that the, that the majority of people and the majority of what you're reading really is hate-based. And I, I agree with you that I just don't think. And that's part of the oppressive tool. That's the minority saying, no, 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 we'll save you. Like, no, you won't. You're taking healthcare away from women, away from children, away from teenagers, the most vulnerable. Like that's part of the tool to make us scared, to make us paranoid and look at our neighbors fearfully. And it's, it's not true. It's not true. It's, it's, that's a privilege also, I think, of living in a place with a lot of people, that energy of, you know, whether it's going on the road and seeking a lot of people or naturally stepping out onto the street and walking by a lot of people, like human nature, while, while hate is a part of human nature, that primal instinct of fear or um, wariness of people not like you that's a human thing. It's not like that was made up and separate from our humanity, but this disproportionate sort of like, you know, Costco Amazoning of hate, this mass produced cookie cutter version of hate. It's just, um, it's unnatural. Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. If you are inspired by today's episode, 
please join us in supporting SixDegrees.org by texting the word BACON to 707070. Your gift empowers us to continue to produce programs that highlight the incredible work of everyday heroes, while also enabling us to provide essential resources to those that need it the most. Once again, text BACON to 707070 or visit SixDegrees.org to learn more. Well, I think this is a good uh, segue to bring uh, Glennis out. Glennis Bahar, who uh, you started Generator Collective with. Well, before we uh, speak about the uh, organization and 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 what you what you do, uh, how did the two of you meet, and and how did you come up with this idea? Okay, so Glennis and I have a mutual best friend, our friend Matt. And when the election happened in 2016, we found ourselves saying, "How did this happen? How did this happen?" Glennis had worked in D.C., and because of that, I assumed she understood how shit works in politics. And she was like, "No, I have no fucking idea." And we found in our in we found that uh, in in talking our mutual indignance at how the system is made purposely elusive to make us feel like we are too dumb to be able to access it and make use of it. Um, so we started the Generator Collective, and it was it's it was a a, a space to gather and talk about politics without shame for not knowing how shit works. You know, as a comedian, I have, um, I am down for people to laugh at me. So I bite the bullet for the audience uh, and say, I actually don't know how that simple thing works. I've heard about it a million times and I just don't know. And we started as like an online community, but moved into a live event form where I interviewed um, activists and politicians and elected officials to ask them simple fucking questions. And also like, ideally one hinges from one to the other, you know, Shirley Chisholm, the first black congresswoman, she was a community organizer first and then became a congressperson. And that's the ideal politician to me. Um, and then we, uh, in 20, then we started these dance parties where we host just like sick dance parties, but we take breaks every 30 minutes to have an elected official come on stage and tell the audience about the next election and to create a cheat sheet for the people who came so that, you know, it's fucking hard. You have to like do research to find who to vote for. And sometimes you vote for, you know, okay, I'm voting along party lines, but actually this person might be a Democrat, but they're whack. So to vote for the right people. Um, and, uh, and to create a cheat sheet for the voting booth. Um, so in 2020, we had a hybrid tour where, um, I was going on standup and I was like, let's take Jenny socials on the road too. And, uh, when that got locked down, we pivoted our Jenny social messaging to digital and created an online series called cheat sheet for the voting booth. We've been, uh, making digital messaging for, um, to create cheat sheets in key States for elections from 2020 to 2022. That's my spiel. Glennis, did I miss anything? Yeah, I think there's just there's two kind of core tenets of Generator. I think Alana and I, you know, Alana assumed because I worked in D.C., I worked for the chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, where I learned a lot very quickly. I was a fundraiser. And I think I was 23 or 24. I was working uh, for Priorities USA Action, which was one of the first Democratic uh, super PACs. And Democrats had created super PACs in response to Republicans creating super PACs. And 
I remember I think I had like $1 million on my person walking back from the P.O. box. And I thought, this is disgusting. Corporate finance. Everything's awful. I'm going to go into the private sector. That was its own world, mm. right, of six years. And Alana and I were at the dinner party and we woke up in a country that we felt like we didn't understand. And there's a reason for that because politics, government was made purposely elusive. And we wanted to create something that we felt there was a real need for, which was a space to feel that you could learn and not feel shame around learning with the hopes of ultimately engaging more as a citizen. Um, because we're seeing how polarizing this hyperpartisan world is that we operate in, and that's not good for anyone. It's not good for how you feel. It's not good for human rights. It's not good for democracy. So, you know, post-COVID uh, and pivoting to digital media, we have really tried to use our social media platform to help more people engage with politics and in government in a way that mm -hmm. is not polarizing. It's awesome. It's awesome. I loved in the materials when you talked about, um, you know, feeling kind of politically dumb. I could really kind of relate to that because I can tell you that, uh, you know, I read the paper and I have strong views about a lot of different things, but I really find myself terrified to enter into any kind of actual political discussions with anybody yes. that I think is not in line with my way of thinking. Right. And part of the reason is, is because these days it seems like people will throw facts at you. Mm -hmm. And unless you've had the, the uh, unless you're someone that can hold on to facts, which I am not, I, I can't right. hold on to it. I can't hold on to anything factual. I can yeah. hold on to feelings. I can hold on to experiences. Yeah. Or, or, uh, or, you know, I can drive to uh, uh, the store today, see that the sun is is covered with smoke um, from Canada, but but to actually get into an argument about whether or not that's just uh, a natural occurrence or right. is actually uh, you know uh, a result of of human um, climate change. Is like something that I find really kind of terrifying. I think, and I don't think I'm alone in that. And I certainly don't think I'm alone in that in terms of like young people in the country. Right. And so I think that that's, you know, when you when you when you focus on that, uh, I find that really really interesting. And and you really touched on the the exact thing, feeling. That's what like generator is. I think um, that's like the space that we're entering, like feeling politics. You shouldn't have to know facts to argue whether something is scientifically real or not. You know, like, I, I think that um, that the like news cycle and the divisive um, algorithms have made it such that we feel like we have to have a book report to argue our our views. And it's it's um, just you're exactly dead on about the feeling like yeah. Yeah. And just to add to that, Alana and I talk a lot about these, you know, the political system being physically disenfranchising, like literally, I think this year alone, 150 voter suppression laws have been, you know, put out in state legislatures. So, you know, that's physically happening. And then culturally, so many young people feel wildly disenfranchised because the system makes it impossible to your point, Kevin, to engage with it. Because if you don't know one talking point or someone else knows 10 more talking points than you, 
why are you going to go into that conversation? You're going to feel demoralized, put down, when really you just want to stand up for what's right. So at Generator, we try and embrace that, that energy of I want to vote for my neighbor in a way that is going to be centered in human rights and just doing more good for this country. Um, and, you know, we do that mainly through digital media and just creating a culture by which you feel like you can share on your social media. Everyone has influence. Everyone has a platform, whether you have 30 followers or 3.4 million like you have on TikTok. I follow. It's great. Um, you know, you have a voice and you should feel confident in using it to stand up for what you believe is right. On a personal note, Glennis, how did you sort of come to you know, want to do this with your life? Uh, you know, Great what, question. What... I, I go to bed every night wondering. Um, <laughs> not really, no. Um, I don't know. I think just growing up, I've always, this is going to sound so maybe immature, but, you know, I love animals. I love people. Um, and I've always, even at a young age, like standing up for what was right in a way that I was capable of doing was something that was important to me. When I first graduated, I went to school at UVM, University of Vermont, where there's a very liberal leaning, you know, community based ideology, uh, very, you know, hippie. Um, I went and I worked in D.C. and I thought this is how I'm going to manifest that in my life by working in public policy and, and raising money for people that I think should be elected. And then kind of lifting the hood on that and seeing how the sausage is made. I, I said, no, not for me. Um, but then, you know. Being friends with Alana, we had a real opportunity to use our strengths and create this thing that now, I hope, makes people feel more engaged and welcome into like the democratic system. And am I wrong that you grew up on one of the stops on the Paoli Local? What's the Paoli Local? <laughs> Did you grow up on the main line? No, no I'm from... What? Yeah. Oh, Abby. Oh, yeah. Abby. Oh. oh, my God. I have to ask her if it's Paoli. Oh, the main, <laughs> line, is, the main line is so funny. I have uh, friends well, who have, but I'm from yeah. upstate New York. I'm from the You're Albany from upstate. Area. Oh, yeah. that's. Oh, OK. Well, which which, um, you know, it's interesting because upstate New York, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is, a, is a pretty um, red area generally. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm from a town called Niskiuna, which, strangely enough, uh, G-E-R-N-D is headquartered in. So we had a very diverse uh, high school in terms of a lot of different uh, nationalities, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, living in I live in New York City. New York City is very much a coastal elite blue bubble, mm -hmm. although we have a very, very low voter turnout. I think in our last uh, election, we had a 17 percent voter turnout. And I always say, if you're a New Yorker and you have an opinion, but you don't vote, you can't have the opinion because it's the only way you can show up to. Crazy. Yeah, I know. It's, it's truly, truly insane. I um, think everybody just assumes it's going to it's going to go one way. And so they don't really, you know, make their voice heard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then you go on Twitter and everyone's saying something about their elected official when there is a primary. There's actually a primary mm -hmm. uh, June 26th or 27th. Uh, I, know, York, I, but, know. I, uh, I know. I know. I sent I got my ballot is on the way. Yes. Love it. We love to see it. Yes. Uh, but so. yeah, I mean, the the state itself. I, my family has a farm uh, in in Cambridge, New York, which is the New York Vermont border. Um, okay. And you know, there's different uh, wants and needs of a voter in a rural county than there is in 
you know, a city. Um, so, and I think you, you see that in a lot of states across the country, that the cities are these hubs for more progressive ideologies for whatever reason. And then you go out to the states and there's different realities. Well, I'm always, I always think it's admirable when, uh, and you know, the, the strange thing about uh, that I always think about politics is that, um, you know, in, in its best incarnation, you get into it because uh, you want to affect some kind of positive change. And time and time again, we see that that doesn't always end up being the case. You, you, you know, you, you, people get into it. Once they're there, it really becomes more about holding on to a gig than, than about actually, you know, staying, talking about something that you believe in. Right. So uh, I think that working uh, in a way on the fringes of it, not being an elected official, not that I wouldn't vote for you, Glennis, but that, that you, 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 both of you are starting doing this thing, which is, uh, you know, outside of the actual, uh, elected, uh, position, I think is a really positive, positive thing. And, and, you know, can be very powerful. What's what's up next for for uh, what, what is what is the future for for Generator Collective? But what's the what's the what's the game plan? Well, we're always fundraising. That's the one thing about running a nonprofit is you're always fundraising. Uh, but how do you how do you find that piece of it? Let me just ask you that. Is it how is do it... I find that piece? I flip a lot of mattresses. No, um, <laughs> you ask a lot of high net worth individuals who mm -hmm. are committed to the cause for contributions, family foundations, uh, different foundations. Uh, it's a lot of meetings, a lot of phone calls, a lot of cold calls, cold emails, and just selling the dream. Right? You know, you say being on the fringes is uh, refreshing. And it's sometimes I think Alana and I, we laugh and we, we think we're delusional because we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing because we believe in, in what we're doing and what we're building, even after so many no's. I imagine it's not unlike being in the entertainment space where you're consistently auditioning or, you know, trying to get roles or projects launched and you get no, no, no. But, you know, we, we believe in it. And we also think that for our audience, it's important that we hold... No, we don't know. We don't want to run for office. We, we're not acad academics. We're not policy wonks or experts. We're here to help you learn alongside with us, not we're not going to talk at you about a certain thing. Um, but into that to that end, we're currently uh, working on a new web series called Microdose Democracy, uh, which, if funded and produced, would be a policy focused. Uh, digital web series that would live on social media. So on TikTok, on Instagram, in short size um, bits, you know, true to the name, microdosing, these different things that we can all do as citizens to help strengthen our democracy, looking at how our democracy functions, some issues there may be. Um, so that's ideally what's next. We kind of want to microdose for Gen Z and millennials, the election coming up rather than have being screamed at last minute before the election. It's such a volatile experience as an American every four years to be screamed at. Um, and yeah, just kind of prepare everyone to do some minimal civic engagement to activate. You don't have to sign up and become some full-time volunteer, but yeah, education and minimal activation. I love that. I love that. That sounds absolutely great. Um, I think it's uh, it's amazing what what you've done in this this partnership. I'm I'm very very in awe of it. Um, is there a uh, call to action, a, a website, a spot where people can uh, 
can can get the information or get involved or or donate or whatever yeah people can follow us on social media instagram is our main communication tool we are at generator collective uh so that people can find us there we have a sign up for emails we, we never email people because everyone gets twenty thousand emails a day uh but you can see any news or information uh on our instagram what else is there uh on on the instagram um uh what, I mean, what else are we going to see? News, information, are there bits? Or News, are there, information. Are there... uh, you'll see our past web series. So we did uh-huh. a cheat sheet for the midterms for 2022, a uh, cheat sheet for the voting booth to see the type of content that we create. Great. A lot of memes, a lot of memes, a lot of TikTok voiceovers. Uh, yeah. But we really feel like, you know, the, um, the side that is like uh, using fear and hate as a tool is actually like winning these culture wars. And what we'd like to see is, um, you know, uh, human rights politics start to use media and culture more effectively to point people to actually organizing around um, electoral work. So, you know, that's what we're is, um, that's what we're focused on is changing the culture. I love it. Changing the culture. Well, Ilana Glazer, Glennis Mahar, thank you. Thank you so much for, for uh, joining me today. This has been uh, both extremely uh, fascinating, educational, and entertaining, and I really appreciate it. Such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having us. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon. If you want to learn more about Generator Collective and all the good work that they are up to, head to their website, at generatorcollective.com you can find all the links in our show notes and remember get out there participate in democracy by voting today get that little sticker and if you like what you hear make sure you subscribe to the show and tune into the rest of our episodes you can find six degrees with kevin bacon on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts see you next time Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 